nations. Uh, there are powerful countries. But friend, there is nothing more powerful than the ever-living, all-supreme power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. But tonight I want to speak to you about, you asked for it, the truth about money. So let me give you some opening scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 11 says, The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Now, did that just say the Lord's going to just help you just scrape by? No, no, no. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Let's look to another portion of the Bible. Psalm chapter 128 verse 8. Let's look at what the word says. It's there in your notes. Psalm 128 verse 8 says, Blessing and prosperity will be yours. Look at that. Psalm 128 verse 8. One more time. Blessing and prosperity, they might be yours. No. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. And then finally, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. 3 John 2. And I have it memorized according to King James. Beloved, as your soul prospers, so I desire that you prosper and be in health. One more time, 3 John 2. Beloved, as your soul prospers, so I desire that you prosper and be in health. Friends, tonight, the overriding theme I want you to hear tonight is this. That God wants to bless you. Now, I tell you, I love Pentecostal preaching. But many times people preach about how God wants to save you from sin. And he does, doesn't he? Oh, we hear people preach, God wants to remove your low self-esteem, and he wants to do that. God wants to heal your heart, and he wants to do that. But friends, can I tell you something? God is a loving God, and he wants to bless you financially. For those of you that have children, don't you want to bless them? Don't, don't you want to give them the very best you can give them? Now, what's the thing? You just don't want them to be spoiled. But you'll bless them as much as you can until they get spoiled. And friends, God wants to bless you and me. And so many Christians are not prosperous in their lives. You know why? Because they've got stinking thinking. Everybody look at, look at your neighbor and say, don't have stinking thinking. Don't have it. We don't need stinking thinking. God wants to bless you. Everybody repeat after me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Okay, I'm going to wake you up here. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for your word tonight. And I just pray in Jesus' name that every man and woman that sounded in my voice would just receive your instruction about money. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Lord, thank you that my sins are forgiven. And I pray that not one thought would come from Barry Young, but that everything would come from you that we speak about tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, friends, I want to look at the truth about money. So let's look at number one, the problem. Here's the major, one of the major, major problems. is very simply this. Christians mishandle money. How many can say amen to that? Oh, I could tell you stories about how Kelly has wasted our money. No, 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 no. I can tell you stories how I have wasted some of our money. Oh, man. Woo! Thank God for a gracious wife. You see, Christians and non-Christians, they at times mishandle money. How many of you have zigged when you should have zagged? You sold when you should have bought. Oh, man. I tell you, it, 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 if I would allow myself to think about every time I've wasted thousands or hundreds of our dollars of our money, I wouldn't sleep at night. Oh, right below that. Oh, 
Let me give you what the Bible says. Here it is. There are 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. Approximately. 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. Now let's go deeper. There's fewer than 500 on faith. And over 2,000 on the subject of money and possessions. Now did you hear that? 500 on prayer. 500 on faith. And over 2,000 on money. Name me what secular statisticians say is the number one reason for divorce. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And many times, Christian churches, they don't preach on sex, which we talked about the last two weeks. And many times, Christian churches preach on money, but they preach about it the wrong way. Don't you hate it when people are just begging you for money? Oh, man. There's some television preachers. I can't watch them because they're just asking and asking and asking. You know what I used to love about John Osteen? John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad, he would preach so powerfully, and you wouldn't even know how to give to that ministry. They would never ask for money. Friends, tonight I want to talk to you about the truth about money. So let's look at the second point tonight. So let's go look at, look at a little bit deeper here. What is the answer? Let's look in the Bible, Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. Here's what it says. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. First of all, oh man, I'm telling you, this isn't going to sound good, but boy, it's the truth. How we handle money affects our relationship with the Lord. I'm telling you, how we handle money, it reflects our relationship with the Lord. And tonight I can't stress from you. I don't want any of your money. I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm trying to get money to you. And how we handle money, it affects our relationship with the Lord. Can I give you another one? It's not even in your notes. How we handle money affects our marriage. How we handle money affects the way we parent our kids. How we handle money, hey, how many of you would say amen to this? How we handle money affects how good we sleep at night. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good tonight. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper here. Look at Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Possessions, they can compete with the Lord. Now notice, I did not say possessions do compete with the Lord. I said they can compete with the Lord. Friends, can I tell you something tonight? If you have the wrong spirit, That might be why God has not opened up the windows of blessing in your life. I'm preaching better than you're amening tonight. If you have the wrong spirit inside your heart, God might be saying, I can't bless them yet. I love them too much. Do you guys realize that? I want to, this is a deep word tonight. Sometimes God won't bless you financially because he loves you too much. You know, Kelly's dad, he owns a humongous financial planning firm. And Kelly's dad told me one time, and many millionaires let Kelly's dad manage their money. And Kelly's dad said to me, many many people think that money is the answer to their problems, but many times money is the beginning of their problems. I want you to write this down. You've heard me say it before. It's not how much money we make. It's how we manage the money we make. Oh, friend, God wants to bless you over and abundantly. He wants to open up the windows of heaven and bless you. 
But he wants to make sure that money doesn't destroy you. Money has destroyed many relationships, many marriages, many lives. So let's go a little bit deeper here. Number three. So let's look at God's part here tonight. God's part concerning money. Don't look, don't look at my word. Look at the Lord's word. Psalm 50 verse 10. Let's look at the word of God. It says, for every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. First of all, God is the owner of all. <laughs> oh, that, that's God's part. That is God's part. He is the owner of all. The King James Version says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Oh, friends, that is God's part. He's the owner of all. Look at your neighbor and say, you don't own anything. Now, wait, I said you don't own. I think somebody said you don't know. It's it's you don't own. Sometimes I get excited and mispronunciate. Yeah, you did know it's your... So, see, here's the thing. God, he's the owner of all. And can I tell you, that's the biggest mistake Christians make. If you ever hear anybody say, I'm a self-made man, I guarantee if they have money, they won't have it much longer. Everything we have, if it's good, it's from God. Every talent, every skill, every blessing is from God. Now let's look a little bit deeper here tonight. Genesis twenty-two fourteen. here's what the word says. The Lord will provide. God is the one that blesses. See, here's where many Christians make a mistake. They think that how much money they make is all up to them. That's pretty foolish, isn't it, Dan? People think that how much money they have is all up to them. Friends, let me tell you something. God is the owner of all. And can I tell you that you don't work for your boss. You work for the Lord. You know, the Bible says, do everything as unto the Lord. Can I tell you something? If you want to be a soul winner at your work, if you want to lead people to Jesus, here here it is. This will bring so many people to Jesus. Be the hardest worker at your workplace and the kindest. You know, many times in our culture, people work hard, but they've got the wrong attitude. It's to climb up on top of people. Can I tell you something? If you'll become the hardest worker wherever you work, and if you'll help others become better, I'm telling you something, friends. God blesses that. And I just want to give you good news tonight. The government does not control how much money you make. Your boss doesn't control how much money you make. Genesis 50 says that God is the owner of all. And friends, he wants to bless you. You know what I love? Is that we're related to the owner. Isn't that good news? We're the sons or the daughters of the boss. Oh, I love that. I love that. So let's go a little bit deeper here tonight. Number four, our part. This is the only time I'm going to speak tonight about your money, about you giving. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So what's our part? Faithfulness and giving the tithe. And then number two, look at Luke 16.10. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. Faithfulness in the little things. Do do, do you know, friends, that that's how you build up financial prosperity with the Lord is faithfulness in the little things. Now, I've heard some people say, well, Barry, I don't make enough money to tithe. I'll tell you something right now. It's a lot... 
harder to write a $1 million tithe check than it is a $100 tithe check. I'm looking forward to writing a $1 million tithe check in Jesus' name. But friends, now I want to challenge you. We've got to be faithful in the little things way beyond our finances. You know what? We've got to be faithful in the things of prayer. We've got to be faithful in the things of treating people better than we treat ourselves. We've got to be faithful when, when people are having a horrible day, just cutting them some slack. We've got to be faithful in forgiving people before they ask for it. Don't shut me down. I'm preaching good tonight. I tell you, money and sex get people really quiet. <laughs> okay, so, so here we go. So now I want to go just another step deeper tonight. Number five. Oh, uh-oh. This is going to hurt some people here. Okay, here it is. Debt. Act your wage. Woo. It's about to get quiet here tonight. Oh, man. Here we go. Can I just speak to you for you for a second? Me speaking to you tonight is not based on my expertise of handling money. I've told you before, I've wasted thousands of dollars. I have made some really stupid decisions concerning my money and Kelly's. But thank the good Lord. Um, the Lord spoke to us three or four years ago and we're debt free except for the house. We have a 2006 Toyota, 2007 Toyota. And thank the Lord Jesus Christ, a 1995 Kawasaki motorcycle. <laughs> and we don't know any debt. I have graduate degree. Kelly has a graduate degree. We don't have no debt except for the house. But it's God's grace. And I've made some really stupid decisions. And there's been times. Do you guys ever carry the devil with you? I've always got the devil wherever I go. It's called MasterCard. You know what I'm saying? Right here. I put him where he belongs, right underneath my butt. Okay, here we go. I wasn't going to say it, but it wouldn't have the same effect. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. So, Lord, forgive me. Okay. Act your ways. Let's look at Romans 13, 8. Here's what the word says. It says, let no debt remain outstanding. Everybody say, no debt. Oh, man, the devil hates that. Oh, man, I remember when Kelly and I were married, can I tell you, we had so many checks coming out of our checking account. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. When we got married, Kelly, to this day, I couldn't tell you what's in our checking account. I do the long-term savings, but Kelly does all of our, man, we had checks for cars, checks for health bills, checks for multiple uh, credit cards. We had checks going out all over the place. And the checks I used to hate the right, the most were the checks for our dirty cats. You know, I'm not sure cats are going to go to heaven. You know what I'm saying? You know, I wonder, I wonder, you know, when those things come in, I wonder, what have they done for me lately? Now, by the way, if I need to spend the night at somebody's house, do I have any volunteers? I would... No, I'm just joking, but, well, not really. I, I hate spending money on the cats. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, but if the cat, okay, I'll shut up. There's no redeeming. Okay, so let me give you three powerful principles about debt. Here they are. First of all, stop increasing your debt. I love you. And that's why I'm about to say this. You're not going to experience the blessing of God in your finances if you keep increasing your debt load. Now listen, God will love you. This has nothing to do with salvation, but I want to bless you. You know what? I'd love to go to sleep at night. Debt free. I love it. 
One day we'll have our house paid for, and then, then we'll have nothing. No debt. But, but friends, that I'm telling you something. If you keep increasing your debt, you're not going to experience God's blessing. Now, I want to say this. I don't preach that to you judgmentally because there's exceptions to every rule. Sometimes catastrophic events take place in your life and you have to do certain things. You got to do what you got to do. But the rule is, if you keep going more and more debt, it's going to be difficult to experience his blessing in your finances. Let's go a step further. Act your wage. I want to challenge you tonight to change your mind. Oh, change your mind. I'm telling you, there's nothing harder than to change a stubborn man's mind. Do I have an amen, ladies? Oh, man. I'm telling you, there are some men, once they make a decision, they've got to take the train off the tracks before they change their mind. Some of you, are, your smiles are bearing witness with that. Can I tell you something? In the young household, if we can't buy it cash, we can't buy it. In the young household, if... if, if, if if we can't walk out of there and have no regrets, we don't buy it. Let me go a step further. Um, don't even consider using debt. Now, I'm not saying these things to bless me. I'm saying things to bless you. Because listen, I've been on that debt side. Man, there was a time we owed fourteen dollars or $15,000 on student loans and $1,000 on this and $4,000 on this card and $1,000 on this card and $3,000 to Kelly's mom. I mean, I can just go on and on until we changed our mind. So let me go a step further here. Number six. This is a long one. Getting out of debt. I'm telling you, listen to me. If you'll follow these principles, God will bless you. Listen to Psalm 37, 21. Don't listen to Barry. Listen to the word. The wicked borrow and do not pay back. Briefly, here's the steps to getting out of debt and staying out of debt. Number one, pray. Woo. Man, I'm telling you something right now. I love a beautiful, I'd love to have a beautiful 2009 Harley Davidson. Or even better yet, a 2009 Kawasaki Vulcan. But if I got on that thing, I would not feel the peace of God if I began to pray about it. Lord, is this your will? <laughs> Although maybe we should try. <laughs> okay, so let's just make sure. Okay, so number two, establish a written budget. Establish a written budget. Number three, list your assets. <laughs> Man, that was really easy for Kelly and I. Nothing. <laughs> when we first got married. <laughs> I guess the cats, they were paid for. Well, like I said, nothing. Okay, so <laughs> list your liabilities. <laughs> list your liabilities. Oh, man. I can remember when we were buying our first house, it took so long for us to figure out everything that we owed. So we write down that mortgage application. Establish a debt repayment schedule with every creditor. You might be saying, Barry, I don't need this. Well, praise God. Give it to somebody who does. I guarantee everybody here knows 10 people that could use this message tonight. And I don't need you to say amen because I know I'm preaching good. Everybody here has got 10 people that could use this tonight. Number six, here's how you do it. Pay off small debts first. You know what crazy people will say? Well, pay off the, low, the highest interest rates first. That's crazy. Pay off the smallest debt first. Build up momentum, as Dave Ramsey says. Then go the next smallest, then the next smallest, then the next smallest. Get that stuff knocked out. Dave Ramsey calls it the debt snowball. Number seven, consider additional income sources. 
Some people aren't blessed because they won't work. Uh Uh-oh. Ooh, okay. Accumulate no new debt. Oh, I want you to listen to this scripture here. Man, if you ever need to have a scripture memorized, 1 Timothy 6, 6, but godliness with contentment is great gain. One more time. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Be content with what you have. Can I tell you something? That goes good in every area of our lives. Be content with that spouse. Be content with that kid. Be content with what God has given you. Number nine, number 10, consider a radical change in your lifestyle. Here's some of the radical changes Kelly and I made. No vacations till we were out of debt or no major ones. Here's a, well, that's not exactly true, but for the most part. Okay, stopping all credit. Stopping, uh, what's it called when you just buy something and you, you weren't intending to do that? What's that called? Thank you. Impulse buying. Stop impulse buying. Um, Let me give you number 11. Do not give up. I'm telling you, if you'll follow those principles in your money, you know what? If I would have just focused on and on with our finances, it would have drove me plumb crazy. Or as they say in Spanish, el loco. I mean, I would have gone crazy. Okay, let me give you number seven here. Get godly counsel. If you're here tonight, and you're struggling your finances, let me give you two books you must read, one or the other. Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. For every person under the age of 30, if you'll read that book, by the time you retire, you'll be a multimillionaire. Your Money Counts by Howard Dayton. If you read that book and apply it to your life, if you're under the age of 30. Now, it'll bless you if you're over 30, but there's a thing called compounding interest. <laughs> And so when you're young, you've got that on your side. Number two, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Every couple I do premarital counseling for, I implore them to read that book. Let me give you two last things. We're going to close tonight as Chris comes to play very softly. Lastly, how do you flow in God's prosperity? Number eight, be honest with yourself and be honest with God. Listen to Psalm 84 verse 10. It says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. You've got to be honest with yourselves and God. You you know what we used to call it in Weight Watchers? Okay, can I just chase the rabbit here for a second? For those of you that don't know, I joined Weight Watchers four or five years ago, I lost 50 to 70 pounds. And for the most part, I've kept it up. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what I used to own when I weighed over 250 pounds? I, had, I called them faith clothes. They were clothes I never wore and clothes that, that had all the tags on them. They were in the closet and I just believed God one day I could get into them. I never got into those bad boys. You know, they, were, they were giving out. See, a lot of people look at our money that way. Well, one day my money's going to change. My situation's going to change. I'm not going to change, but one day it will. That's called insanity. Doing the same things, expecting different results. So as Chris comes to play very softly, let me give you a couple of points here. First of all, we cannot practice dishonesty and love God. We cannot practice dishonesty and love God. Now, I'm not saying you can't lie 
because we all sin. You ever been just been in the moment and you just make a mistake? I'm not talking about accidental sin. I'm talking about the lifestyle of sin. Or as they say in the legal courts, premeditated. You know, there's a difference if Kelly and I are sleeping in the middle of the night and somebody comes into our house and I introduce them to my Smith & Wesson 357. Well, that's what you call self-defense. It'd be different if I walked in the bank, pulled that thing out and tried to make a million dollar withdrawal. And so when we practice dishonesty as a lifestyle, you can't practice that in love of God. Let me give you one more. It is better to have less and be honest. It is better to have less and be honest. So tonight as we close, let me say this to you as a pastor who loves you deeply. Let me say this to you as somebody you know what? I want to see every family in our church blessed. I, I hate it. If any of you need financial counseling, you can come to me and then we'll get you linked up to a financial counselor. Most of the time, our financial problems are our fault. There are some times where we have problems and we can't do anything about it. We get fired out of nowhere. Uh, something happens to the economy. That's not your fault greedy Wall Street and all that stuff. But, but look at me. God wants you blessed in your finances. I'm going to close with this. You cannot read the Bible and see where poverty is a blessing throughout chapter after chapter after chapter. Poverty is a curse. You know, um, some people uh, say that poverty makes you humble. Christian people have said, poverty makes you humble. How many know poverty doesn't make you humble, it makes you miserable? <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing fun when your son or daughter needs something, you can't buy it for them. <laughs> there's nothing fun when you or your spouse have to lay awake at night and you can't sleep because all hell is broke loose in your money. God wants you to be blessed. And so tonight, I want you to change your mind. I want to read these scriptures again. Don't, don't look them up. Just close your eyes. Listen to what? Throughout the Bible. Deuteronomy 28, 11, The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Psalm 128, verse 8. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. You can look up here now. That's what the word... Can I tell you something? I could read for an hour scriptures about how God wants to bless you. But God can't bless you unless you let him. <laughs> unless you let him. Tonight, let me give you something to close with. Four things. First of all, uh, I, I want to tell you something that's worked for Kelly and I. Confess daily prosperity scriptures. Well, I'm telling you, whew, in the morning this morning, I'm running around our, I'm running around our subdivision and I'm just pr confessing prosperity scriptures. I'm, I'm just confessing God's prosperity in our life. And can I tell you something? Sometimes I had to confess it when I didn't see it. Can I tell you something? That's when you really love somebody, isn't it? How many of you have told your spouse you loved them when they just got you mad? 
How many of you have just looked at your kids when they broke something or, or wasted a bunch of your money, but you look at them and say, I love you, sweetie. Friends, tonight, I want to encourage you. We confess God's word even when we don't see it happening. But if we keep confessing it, God will make it happen. Number two, let the reality that God can change your financial picture dramatically set in. Let that set in tonight. Listen, if somebody came up here tonight and confessed they were struggling with pornography, I would tell them, if you ask God to forgive you, he'll forgive you and you can walk away clean. And I want to say the same thing about your finances. Oh, Barry, you don't know how much debt we have. You don't know how much money we don't have coming in. Friends, I don't, but God does. And if you can believe him tonight, that he can dramatically turn your circumstances around, he will. If you apply the word of God and have the right spirit. Let me look at number three here tonight. Galatians 5.1. Let's look at the word. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. If you apply these principles, you will be and experience financial freedom. You will. Oh, guys. Thank God. God wants us to be free from sin. He wants us to be free from shame. He wants us to be free from guilt. God wants you to be free. He wants you to know He loves you. He wants you to have a blessed life. And He even wants you free in your finances. Number four, last one. God wants you blessed. So now as we close, if I could have everyone looking up here, here at me tonight. I just want you to know that God wants you free. God loves you. And if you're here tonight and you believe the devil's lie that you'll never get out of debt, that's a lie from the devil. If you believe the devil's lie, you'll never overcome that sin. That's a lie from the devil. If you believe the devil's lie, you'll never achieve this or you'll never achieve that. That is a lie from the devil. He wants you free in every area.